Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are the Blended Life Hey guys, thanks for joining us. Tonight we're going to talk about a few different things. We're going to talk about how to set your spouse up to be a good step parent to your kids. We're going to talk about how to let go of control. And then we have a couple of listener questions that we're going to tackle as well. You know what? Tonight we oh. actually we are we are not live tonight, and I'm sorry we were not live last week as well. Work has just been crazy. But if you guys are watching this while we are premiering it, um, somewhat live on YouTube, Julie is in the <laughs> chat. Julie is in the chat talking with you guys. So uh, feel free to chat and type with her, and she will be responding to you as well. Good to know. I will be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I always find out uh, new information every time we do podcasting. Um, Okay, so one thing I wanted to open the show with, though, we actually, we we talk about a lot how important it is to have support, how important it is to have a community um, of like-minded people or people who are kind of going through the same thing you're going through. Right. Um, So we kind of have semi-exciting news. We met with someone from our church body, um, our, our, she's a pastor, she's a counselor at our church. And, um, we are going to be starting a blended life support group. Um, and so we're putting our talk into action and that's really, really exciting. So if you guys are in the area on the central coast of California, San Luis Obispo County, San Luis Obispo (laughs) County, um, or, you know, Santa Maria is Santa Barbara County. Yeah, close enough. But if you guys are are by us and are interested in connecting and being a part of face-to-face support group, we've been talking about doing it either, you know, once a month, twice a month, that we're probably just going to start out doing it once a month um, on a week evening, a weeknight evening in person. Um, We are learning that people are craving connection right now um, and are everyone's really sick of the screen and sick of Zoom. 
So if that becomes a need later on, we might talk about adding that. But for now, we are we're going to start a um, support group. Yeah. So if you guys and actually if you're not in the area and um, this is something that you would that you'd be interested in, say, is if we were in the area, feel free to continue to write into us and ask questions um, that, you know, if it's biblically related or, you know, church related, or you feel like you could get something out of, uh, we're, we're Christians. If you could get something out of our community, feel free because we could always bring it up as topic in our Mm -hmm. group and, um, get back to you on it. So just because you're not with us, don't let that, um, separate you from us, you know, because you are part of our blended life family and we want to involve you guys. Yeah. We'll still be doing podcasts and you know, nothing will change. Nothing's going to change in what we're doing. Um, but if you're interested in getting more information about the group and how you can join and where we're going to meet, what city, um, things like that, email us, um, or message us, um, you know, go to the website, theblendedlife.net, um, and connect with us, contact us, and we can get you more information about that. But I, I'm really excited because, and I want to put it out there because I think when you speak into something, you kind of have to follow through. <laughs> we spoke about a lot of stuff. But you know what I mean? I think when you put it out there. And 60% you, you of the time, you follow through all the time. Oh my goodness. All right. So how to set your significant other up to be a good step parent to your kid? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I'd like to hear your thoughts first. I'm I'm still kind of relishing in the thought. I do have some <laughs> ideas, but um well, I think a lot of it we've talked about like behind the scenes, mm-hmm. right? So I think a lot of it is you know, helping your child behind the scenes, you know, learn the good attributes of the spouse. Like if you're doing nothing but fighting in front of the kids or um, bitching about your spouse to the kids, kids are not really going to embrace that. They're going to see that that person may not be a safe person for them or may not be a nice person to engage with. Um, And so I think that, you know, one way is how you one, talk about your spouse to your step, you know, talk about your spouse with your stepchild, with your child, sorry, but then also how you interact with your spouse in front of the kids. I think that really makes a difference, but, you know, setting your spouse up either for failure um, or for success. Well, it's a lot like, you know, it's a lot like we've spoken about, um, in the past too, you know, when you're out with your girlfriends or your buddies, you know, and how you speak of your spouse, Yeah, you know, is going to reflect on your friends, mm-hmm. you know, how they portray, how they view your spouse. Yeah. If all your friends are hearing you do N- is bitch about how awful your spouse is. And you're is. arguing with them constantly. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be like, yeah, really like, I don't them. really like this guy. Yeah, and the same goes for the kids, too. Um, I also think you really have to communicate your expectations. So something that I'm trying to do more often if Eric leaves and I'm in charge, I'm the adult home, um, I ask him, you know, what do you have any expectations for, you know, your child, from me? You know, what do you need to get done? Is there, is there anything I need to know before you leave the home that you, you know, are expecting me to do, take care of? And I, 
I don't think that people should get so, because we feel like everything should just be common sense. Like you should know this, you know, (laughs) but I think that it's important to check in and check in often about, you know, let your spouse know what, what are the expectations if, if your spouse is in charge and going to be home and you're going to be gone and they're the parent in the home, you know, what are the boundaries? Do they have carte blanche to discipline? Right. If they do, then you certainly can't come home and be angry with how the spouse handled things. And I think that is where a lot gets lost in translation. It's like you're going to leave your spouse in charge and then punish them for being in charge. Right. And that you can't have it both ways. No, otherwise it's a lose-lose situation. Yeah, and if you don't trust your spouse to be in charge, then don't leave them home with the kids. <laughs> I don't know, right? <laughs> don't leave the kids home with them. Or if you have an expectation, like, you're not to spank my kid. For instance, okay, <laughs> we've now lost Eric. Can we have, why, why are these working for me? Because they're not slid up. Oh. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So, um... But I, I don't know. I think that's one thing, too, is just be clear and be, you know, communicate your expectations and your boundaries. And um, if you're a step parent also, I think you ask that question. You know, you engage in that conversation and it changes as kids grow up. So just because you had a conversation two years ago doesn't mean that as the family and the children have evolved, that conversation's going to even hold water down the road. So I think right. it's a constant conversation you have to have with your spouse, right? Right. Yeah, and things are going to things are going to change a little bit, you know, like you're saying, uh, things are going to get easier, you know, you're going to learn um parenting styles, you're going to learn kids quirky behaviors, you know, you're going to learn step parent quirky behaviors. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's going to evolve. It's going to get easier as it goes, but having that line of communication and openness and um, setting expectations up front will yeah. take a lot of failure out of the equation. I agree. And just, you know, people do well with with parameters. I know that people think that's all controlling and everything, but I think people can operate when they know what's expected of them, you know, or not. And they can they can tell you that, like, I don't feel comfortable doing that or, you know, that's I don't believe that's right. And then you can have that discussion too. Um, I think also when you are setting your spouse up to be a good step parent, you also have to let go of the fantasy of what you wish they would be. Because I think that bio parents, when we remarry, we want so badly for the step parent and your child, you know, your, your spouse and your child to just have this magical relationship, this immediate bond. They're super trusting, super close you know, it's, it's as close to a bio parent as you can get. And I think that's all of our hopes, you know, when we, when we remarry and we enter into a blended family, but that's not always the case. And I think that parents, you know, bio parents put a lot of pressure on the situation for, for the stepchild and the step parent in the house. You know, there's like, every time it doesn't work out, there's disappointment you know, or there's failure, or there's exasperation, or there's, you know, and I think a lot of that just stems from not accepting what is. Not every connection is going to be wonderful. You know, not every connection is going to be easy. Not every connection is going to be natural. 
not every stepkid is going to want a close relationship with their step parent. Not every step parent is going to feel connected to their stepkid. And I think that, you know, when the focus of things lies between step parent and stepchild, you know, it does a really big disservice to the family and the marriage. Because really what the focus should be on is how is our marriage doing? You know, that's the relationship that truly matters. As long as there's no neglect or abuse and there's respect and everyone's treating each other, you know, good. Somewhat decent. Well, decent. Like no (laughs) one's being like. Yeah. Horrible. Right. But I think that, you know, we need to let go as bio parents of those idealistic, you know, fantasy role like you know it's like a hallmark movie or a romance novel like you just want it so bad and you you, and it's just not the case right but I think that's where bio parents and step parents come to a head because I feel like step parents always feel like they're letting down everyone because it's I mean it's not like step parents don't know the relationship is right it's not like step parents are like Oh, I didn't know that I'm not really connecting with my stepkid. Oh, I I didn't know that we don't get along or whatever the case is, you know. And so I just think that if if that's one thing that you can do to help that relationship is just kind of take the pressure off and accept what is, as long as it's respectful and kind. What do you think about no, that? No, that's that's great advice. I mean, there is there is a lot of um, misconceptions, you know, and misunderstandings, I think when it comes to that, um, you know, like you mentioned there, you know, everyone kind of has this hallmark image of how things should look. Mm -hmm. Um, but the reality is it's never really that, you know, and even if it is, it still probably has its challenges. I feel like all, all step parenting, um, you know, or just blended family situations in general, all have challenges. I mean, it, the grass is always greener on the other side. You always see 10 other families that look like they're doing it best, right? Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, they all have their challenges too. You know, it, uh, what's the old saying, you know, keeping up with the Joneses or whatever. Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, you could really apply that to blended families as well. I mean, it, everyone's going to always have a better relationship than you or a special relationship that you don't have. But look at what you do have, you know, don't always look at everyone else. Look at how it is going for you. You know, maybe you don't have as close of a relationship with your stepchild as you would hope to, or Karen down the street does with little Mm -hmm. Johnny, you know, but count your blessings because maybe you don't have a terrible relationship. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't have an abusive or a neglective, um, or even a toxic relationship with, your stepchild. Maybe it's just kind of status quo. It's not super exciting, Mm -hmm. but it also isn't yelling, screaming, hitting, fighting, slamming doors. Yeah, for sure. So, well, and I also think that step parents get shamed by other parents, like outside the home, you know, where it's like everybody has an opinion about being a step parent and they're not a step parent themselves. So that's super annoying. But they also like want to tell you that you're, you know, how sad or they're pity they you know, they have pity on for you that you're not 
this hallmark ideal. And I think that you have to have each other's backs as spouses. You know, you have to, and I think if you feed your own mind that, like when you feel disappointed in the relationship between your spouse and your child, or you feel frustrated at the relationship between your spouse or your child, or you wish it were different, you know, I think that if we started telling ourselves like, my spouse is honoring my family and myself and my child by doing this. Like we need to flip the script. We need to stop the disappointment and the negative rhetoric that plays over in our head, the disappointment and, you know, and we need to start like, what is my spouse doing right? Mm-hmm. You know, like chances are she's a lot doing more or he's doing the best that they can do. Right. Chances are a lot more right than actually wrong. You know, and again, that kind of goes back to the grass is greener on the other side. Look at what is going right. Look at what, um, you know, look at the positives. Look at that glass being half empty. And, you know, what can I praise about this? And what can I be thankful for today? And, um, you know, the, the chances are it's not that bad. And if it is that bad, maybe you need to reflect. You know, if it is an abusive relationship or if it is a very toxic relationship, why? You know, figure out, get to the root of that, get to the heart of that. And then, you know, should you be in that relationship? Is Mm -hmm. there, you know, what's the reason that you are in that kind of a relationship? You know, is, are you playing the victim? You know, is there just, is the other, uh, you know, is the ex controlling the situation and and bringing, are you allowing the ex to control the situation? That's it. Because there's, there's absolutely (laughs) no reason why, um, and it's a hard place to get. I mean, everyone's been there, but there's no reason why the ex in the other household should be controlling any of the motions. You know, when you in guys walk home. in your house, mm-hmm. you know, that's, the topic is going to be there every so often. You know, you're going to have to discuss things. But at the end of the day, it shouldn't it shouldn't even be half of your day. It shouldn't be half of your, your topic, yeah. you know, your conversation when you're talking with your spouse. Your ex um, should not be in bed with you at night. No, you guys you should know? not be talking about it. You shouldn't be thinking about it. You know, I mean, yeah. you're going to have rough days here and there. Like, it's a given, but it shouldn't be the core of your relationship. Absolutely. You know, and your topics and your conversation. Yeah. And I think also one last thing before I move on that I can think of, unless you have more, is um, I think, you know, we give a lot of grace to stepkids when they act out. You know, they're children. They've been through a lot. They're adapting, whatever. You know, but there's not a whole lot of grace extended to step parents when they act out. You know, step parents have feelings. Step parents also hate things at times and they wish they were different and they thought things would change and they really haven't. Um, And so I think that what you can do as a spouse is you can honor the emotions and the feelings and the, the thoughts of your spouse who's a step parent, you know, you need to acknowledge their struggle. You need to support them. And I think that you would find that your spouse, who is the step parent in the situation, would would behave a whole lot better and be less resentful and be like their shoulders would drop in a sigh of relief if they just felt heard and supported. Because I know step parents always feel like, the bio parent's just going to side with the kid. 
right. you know, and you're out on a limb all on your own. You have in your home, you have bio parent kid and then step parents over here on its own limb breaking and they're just trying to hang on and they feel so alone. And I think that that's a common theme in step parenting that I have come across. And I've even felt in our, my own step parenting life sometimes, you know, like we just feel like if you could just acknowledge our struggle, not that you need to fix it or tell us we're right or we're wrong, but just acknowledge like this must be really hard for you. You know, this is a, this is, this is a difficult situation. Thanks for showing up every day. Um, or, you know, like, how can I support you through this? What do you need from me? You know, and I think that if, if, if spouses could do a better job of just showing up and supporting, you know, and acknowledging, then I think that is the ultimate way you can set your spouse up to be a good step parent to your stepchild because they will feel like you have their back. So that's what I have. No, that's great. That's good advice. Yeah. I'm enjoying this. You are? Keep going. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> what is, is there? Finish your prayer. <laughs> what is, has there been like a, a difficult, what's the most difficult thing for you about being a stepdad um, or a step parent? A lot of it, you feel like you're in the middle. You feel like you're in the situation. Um, Can I just say what's yeah. interesting that you just said that? Mm. Because when I ask you about what's the hardest part about being a bio parent, mm -hmm. you say the same thing. It about is. About being in the middle. It is. You're so constantly stuck in the middle. So it's just interesting to me mm -hmm. that you're saying that same thing for being a step parent. Like yeah. you also feel that it's hard to be in the middle. I totally explain that. It is. And the reason being, and I'm thinking of a recent kind of somewhat recent situation in our household. And um, <laughs> as soon as I say it, you're like, oh, yeah. It's dinner time lately. Oh, my gosh. You've already brought this up on a different podcast. I have. Yeah, you you got up and walked away. Yeah, you know what? But <laughs> it's a hard place to be. It's very, it's a very, it's a very. Awkward. It's not even awkward. It's just a very reoccurring situation now. It's an, I know. You know? So and my kids were dancing around the, the what's happening. So. My two children, siblings, right, they are just, they are bickering. I mean, they can't have a conversation without, and it ruins our dinner, you know, and, and I'm trying to be on it I wouldn't even more. say it ruins our it's just annoying. dinner. It just, one says one thing, the other one picks at it. One, the other one says something, the other one picks at it, and then you're mad about it the whole time. I've gotten to the point where I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to keep eating. <laughs> but it's a hard place to be Not because funny. if it was... If it was my biological child, I would probably handle it and shut it down a lot quicker. Whereas you have, I don't know if I call it grace or understanding. You talk with your kids about it as it's going on. We handle things differently, you know. Whereas my kid, I'd be like, you open your mouth one more time, like, you're done. Like, I'm sending you out. You know, we handle things differently. Now, I know that I have permission from you. You've given it to me in the past to step in. But I also feel like if I step in, I'm going to start hurting feelings. And I don't want to do that. You know, I'm like, you're handling it. It's getting, it's getting mitigated. Like, it's working out. And at the end of the day, by the time we're done with dinner, nine out of ten times, everything's fine. So the point where I'm going to come step in and um, I think the kids are going to be like, oh, whoa, you know what I mean? Like if it gets to that point. But I also don't 
want it to be something where um, this my stepkids are feeling like they're now getting ganged up on. Now, that might be something that needs to happen eventually, you know, by the parents, whereas just like we are ruling everything. It's not mom disciplining us or dad disciplining us, you know, but it, it's parents as a whole. Um, I just, uh, it, it's just a weird place to be in. I feel in the middle of it, you know. You feel like you don't, you don't want to, you don't know if you should step in, step back, step aside, so you do nothing. I Yeah, I kind of do nothing, and mm-hmm. that's because, you, uh, again, you are kind of handling it. Kind of handling it. Yeah, because, <laughs> uh, really, though, because there's times where I'm like, I I, I want to say something, but as soon as I do, as soon as I open my mouth, like I said, I'm going to start hurting feelings. Not because I'm going to be rude or sarcastic or turn it into something, but once I start pointing things out and it's like, look, at you're doing this and you're doing this, you know, you need to knock it off. I When I get to that point, I've kind of had enough. When I get to the point where I want to step in, I've, I've had enough. I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to... And I do this with my own child. You know, I get to the point where I'm like, I, I get angry. You know, it's like, you're going to backtalk. You're going to, you're going to say something. You're going to, you know, it, it just, it, there comes a point. And your kids have been um, disciplined by you in a certain way for so long. I, again, I feel like if I were to step in and be a part of that, I'm going to start hurting feelings. Well, know? and that's a really good point to bring up when you guys are, when anyone's deciding how they're going to run their blended family, you know, the longer you stay out of something and you step back, you know, you stepping in is going to be harder, Mm -hmm. harder on so many levels, because how is that going to be received? Like, you know, we've been together for going on eight years now, right? Right, but we've only been married a little over two years, and I think that's kind of part of our struggle right there is that we were together for so long. I wasn't technically stepdad for almost six of those years, you know? I mean, yeah, we were we were cohabitating. We were living together, um, but I was not stepdad. Yeah. Therefore, me playing the role of stepdad we did kind of tiptoe a little bit over. Same thing with you being stepmom. Mm-hmm. You know, you weren't technically stepmom. So, it, yes, we had a we had a longer start. You know, I feel like we felt out our blended family, made sure it was something that was going to work, and it it had so many pluses and so many positives. But then, when it comes to situations like this, it's kind of like, well, that's a little bit tougher now because we didn't have those titles. And 100% play those roles. Now we're kind of stuck in this gray area that when it comes down to disciplining our children, eh, it's a little it's a little different because we didn't play those roles 100%. Mm-hmm. Like I, looking back in hindsight, I'm like, we probably could have done this a little bit differently. Yeah. And that's kind of my point. It's like almost too late sometimes, you know, like when you let a bad behavior go unchecked with your child, you know. And then 10 years later, you're mad that they're doing it. It's kind of a little too late. Right. And that's kind of something that you need to consider if you're newly blended or your boyfriend, girlfriend, or newly cohabitating or whatever it is. If you're in the beginnings of this. Um, Start you, disciplining those little bastards. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, I think that you have to. 
Could I bleep myself out? <laughs> I know you're cussing tonight. I didn't. Um, I think you have to really have, you have to feel safe to do so, though. And I think that Eric's point was that neither one of us felt it was appropriate or safe to to jump in there with each other's kids for a lot of different reasons. And we can, that can into a whole new podcast, but right. you know, that is, that is with every choice comes consequences. And, and so this is the consequence of us doing it the way we did it. And just kind of taking a back seat is now we are, you know, like I was thinking the other day, um, maybe it was even yesterday. It was yesterday. Yeah. I was thinking, I'm like, God, it just feels like I'm a single parent, you know, like I'm, it's like these two children are in the house and they need me and oh my gosh, I'm just everywhere, you know, and I'm like, this is like single parent, but I'm not a single parent, but it feels like a single parent. And I think that that is like, that is why, because my kids come to me, Eric's kids come to him. We both are just naturally there for our own children. And sometimes it doesn't feel like we've taken stuff off each other's plate, you know, because I mean, I guess I can leave and the kids will be home with you. Yeah. That's like the only situation. <laughs> I'm a built in babysitter. Come on. That That's I'm it though. Sometimes, Sometimes like that's, that's what it is. No, it's it like, does. You yeah, know. it does. You so know, the kids come home. Um, I mean, only, only one of, I mean, technically two of, but one of the three kids that come home, um, all the time, is excited to come home and see both of us or comes home and says hi to us. I mean, Annabelle's the only one who comes in the door and gives us both hugs. Yeah. You know, she's the only one that leaves. And I feel like Jared kind of makes an effort to um, say bye to both of us. Um, but at the at the end of the day, she's the only one that's really like says hi and says goodbye. Like makes that connection. Makes that connection, makes yeah. that effort. The boys are kind of like, I'm home, you know, I'm with mom or I'm with dad now, you know. Um, <laughs> they go to their corners and that's they, it. They do. Um, mm-hmm. But that's really the only the only time that that kind of plays a part. The rest of the time, your kids are home with mom and my kid's home with dad. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it we're blended, but we're also like so separate. Yep. You know. Um, again, it has to do with so many things, um, types of personalities, types of kids, types of parents, mm-hmm. um, you know, hobbies, uh, whatever. Right. And at the end of the day, it has to, you, you know, and that's one thing that we've gotten judged about a lot is that we aren't so woven blended. Um, and do we wish that was different? Of course. You know, but do again, we, the grass is greener on the other side. Well, it I works mean, no, us. I mean, if our family could, with everything, you know, be closer and more connected and more um, woven, I think that that would be awesome. But you know, it's I think it's beyond our limitations to be like that. I don't think that our blended family, with all the players involved, are capable of being the idealistic. Hallmark movie, we all sit down in our matching sweaters <laughs> and take pictures by the fireplace drinking hot cocoa. Some people in this household don't even like chocolate. That's where we're at, kids. But you know, but and so I'm just saying before like, you go any further, though, that's okay. Like, if that's your family, exactly, like, and it doesn't work out, 
so great, that's okay. As long as it's working out great. Does that make sense? Well, here's it's, the deal. As long as you're married. So here's the thing. Like at the end of the day, what matters in our blended family the most is our marriage. So these kids are going to move out, move on with their lives, have families of their own. And my oldest just turned 18 today. Yeah. So here's the deal. Like you have to look beyond your blended family to the end goal. And the end goal isn't being a perfect blended family. The end goal is to be with your partner, your best friend, your teammate till death do you part. That's really what you're committing to when you walk down that aisle and take your vows. You know, you meddle through the blended family stuff as best as you can, and you do the best you can do with the hand you're dealt, but you're not a natural family. Yeah, and but, but step two to that, though, should be trying to have good relationships with your children and your stepchildren. And, I mean, that should be a priority just because... You know, you have step one going great and you have a great marriage. Don't let the other fall wayside, you know, like work on that. Number one, that needs to be number one. Mm -hmm. But also, I think it is important that you do have good relationships with your children. You do have good relationships. Um, and, And again, it doesn't have to be that white picket fence relationship, but you have good relationships that when your kids are 18, they're 21, they're 35, they're going to come around. They're going to, they're going to call. They're going to pick up a phone. You are going to matter in their life. You know, you want to build relationships that are going to last. And, um, you know, you and your spouse being best friends, the kids are going to be comfortable coming back to see mom and dad. Yeah. And, you know, it's not going to be like, man, I can't wait till I'm 18. I'm out of here. I never want to see my stepmom or my stepdad ever again because mm-hmm. I don't like them. They have a great relationship with my mom or my dad, but I don't care for them one no. bit. Like, work on that. You know, that that doesn't have to take backseat just because you're working on your marriage. Yeah. My point was, though, that it's better to just accept what is than to spend your time negative and upset that it's not something you wish it was you know at some point your relationship is going to be what it is with your stepkids it just is and yes you show up every day and yes you still make an effort and yes you're kind and respectful you know but I think that the idealism and the the negative the negativity that surrounds the disappointment from not it being what you want it to be or wish it could be, you know, sometimes you just have to accept and let go and be free. And then you can be less angsty and upset all the time, you know, like better to not be upset and try to have a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're upset all the time, yeah. Who wants to live with that? No, Is that going like, to build relationships? No, it's like having a bad work environment, you know. You're just that's what you're going to live all the time, you know. Right. So at some point though, if it's a difficult situation, you know, then you need to have your eyes on the prize and I'm sorry, like the prize is the marriage and that's my opinion. You know, if the prize is your children, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Yeah. No? No, but if you can, I mean, if you can have the whole package, though, you can have a wonderful right. marriage. Right, you can have and the Hallmark have, movie. Go 
It doesn't even need to be a Hallmark movie, though. My point is, you know, if you can have a great marriage um, and and learn how to get along and have even just an okay, a mediocre relationship with your stepkids, that's that's great, you know? Of course. Yeah, so. Anyways, what's our next one? So we're... um, how to let go of control. And that kind of just goes along with what we were talking about. But, um, you know, I, I actually joined a woman's Bible study this last week and, um, it's about letting go of control. And it's been interesting, the reading I've been doing and things. And I'm like, this is what I need for our blended family. You know, if, because we, look, we want to control everything, right? We want to control finances. We want to control, um, our marriage, we want to control the kids, we want to control our house, we want to control our bodies, like what we eat, what we work out. You know, we we have this innate urge to control everything. And the problem with that is that if you feel like every relationship in the household is up to you, you know, the finances are up to you, the, the household in general is up to you, everything's going to fall apart if you are not up front and center and giving your all. And, you know, no one's that special. No one's that important. No one has that much power. You know, feeling all in control of everything and, like, you have to be the only one taking everything on is 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 unfair to yourself and kind of egotistical, hmm. you know? <laughs> like, um, I I just think it's it puts you in a really bad place. And so, you know, some things you can't control. You don't need to micromanage all the interpersonal relationships in your home. You know, sometimes you just have to let go and let God, right? You have to just, you know, we have, um, so his daughter just turned 18, so she's an adult. And that's pretty scary, you know, to have an adult child and now they can do what they want. They can Technically, it's an adult adult. That's true. An adult adult, you know, but at some point you have to let them go and trust that, you know, they're going to be equipped to take on the life that they need to live. And you can't hold on. Like at some point you have to let go. You have to trust. Well, you, you have, have to, to, you have to trust that you have raised them correctly. You've given them the right tools, but you also have to trust that if they're going to fall and when they do fall, that they come back to you for advice they come back to you you know for for shelter or um for their needs you know it's it's important that your kids know that you love them and that you have their back and i'm talking biological and stepchildren they need to be comfortable to come back to you and hopefully you've given them the right tools but when they need more tools you know they need that snap-on truck to come through again you know that hopefully it's you it's not it's not the uh, the boyfriend or girlfriend out there with bad habits. You know, it's not the friend out there with a crazy viewpoint, you know, that allows them to couch surf, you know. Um, it Hopefully it's you that they come back to and that they trust to uh, get their advice from, you know, and uh, yeah. just allow you to, you know, give them the advice. Yeah. Um, I wrote a list of things to let go of trying to control. Okay, let's you hear it. You ready them. to hear it? Yep. This okay. is like Santa's list. This is like a CVS receipt, mm-hmm. isn't it? I actually posted it on our Instagram. Oh, neat. 
So it's there if you ever want to go read it. But um, Julie's live right now with you guys. If you're watching this on YouTube, type to her. Type to me. Okay. Hi, Brooke. Let go, let go of trying to control your stepkids or trying to change the co-parenting situation between their bio parents. You know, you, um, and basically this all starts off with like, let, letting go of trying to control things you have no power to change. You know, you know your role in your family. You know what powers you have, what powers you don't have. And you need to be real about that. Um, and then, you know, also let go of trying to control step family frustrations that are coming between your marriage. Because a lot of marriages don't make it through blended family life. A lot of marriages, I think it's 70%, 70% right? 70% divorce rate. Second second marriage failure rate, 70%. So, you know, a lot of that comes from just step family frustrations and fights. And if you let that impede on your marriage, it's just not healthy. So better to let go of control and um, have your priorities straight, especially over things that you have no power to change. You know, criticizing someone, bitching at someone, making them feel like a failure all the time, that's no fun to live with or come home to or to do life with, you know. But I think that par- like parents in the household are criticizing each other's parenting or step-parenting or their co-parenting with their ex. And, you know, that all ends at 18, hopefully, you know. <laughs> For the so, most part, right? <laughs> For the most part, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, because, you know, that's funny that you're saying that right now, just to step in real quick. You say it ends at 18, but I don't, <laughs> I don't feel like co-parenting with my ex, with our 18-year-old, just ended today. Like, really, though, I think that when there's going to be little issues or something to talk about, we're still going to talk about it. You know, like, yeah, maybe it's not co-parenting how to punish her because she's now 18 years old, but I don't think that my co-parenting situation is going to go away now just because she's 18. It's not like, well, okay, we're done. I don't ever have to talk to you again. You still want the best for your 18-year-old up. You still are going to talk about life plans and life goals and you know what happens when she decides that she's going to get married and what happens when she decides that you know she's going to um, become a mom and you know that type of stuff. I feel like if you can work yourself into a good co-parenting situation, you can still have those conversations. You can still talk about situations that involve parents. So Eric will be talking to his ex until he dies. Well, I mean. <laughs> um, Sorry, guys. No, I mean, that's that's, really that's, that's it. I feel, like a good I, co- so. I feel like a good co-parenting situation isn't isn't something that you need to be talking with your ex every single day. I mean, I I go days and sometimes weeks without talking with my ex, you know, but sometimes there's situations that come up. I mean, we had a situation that came up. It wasn't the end of the world, but that came up with um, our daughter two days ago, two days before her 18th birthday. And it was something that was discussed. And it's not like, well, we can only discuss this for two more days because you're going to turn 18. But once you've, built a co-parenting relationship, that's what it is. I mean, it's not like, hey, let's go have coffee and go hang out at the beach together. But it's like, hey, what's our, what's the best interest for, for our kid who's still our kid in our care 
You know, we, we care about them regardless. My parents, when I turned 18, didn't stop talking about me. I'm now almost 39 years old. My parents still talk about me. I still talk to both of them and I still ask both of them for advice at 39 years old or 38 year 39. I still talk to both of them, you know, about advice and they still discuss me, you know, between one another. And I feel like a a good, decent co-parenting situation, that's okay to do, you know, but anyways. Yeah. So then that's another reality that, you know, if you're newly in a blended family or you're struggling with the co-parenting thing um, and you are the step parent and not the bio parent, you know, that's a reality. You know, your spouse might be talking to their ex until they die, you know, and this is one of the things that you're just going to like, you're going to see this right now. This is acceptance. Like that's what is, you know, it's not anything to fight about. Like I have to make the choice that that is his, that is his, I can't even think of the word prerogative and that's what he feels is best. And so I need to queued up that song, but that's, this is acceptance, right? Like this is, you know, something that I'm just, okay, that's what it's going to be. And Mm -hmm. you just have to go with it. What what, what are you going to do? Be upset about it? Or not. Yeah. Or be upset about it. And what good's that going to do? That's not going to change anything. Right. He's going to, you know, so this, these are no, the things, but you know what? this it, is like let go of control. But it could, right? yeah, but it could change things. It could be like, I'm not okay with this. I'm, I am controlling over the situation. I'm not okay with you talking with your ex after they're 18. You no longer have nothing to talk to them about. It doesn't matter. You know, you can, you can set parameters and rules if that's how you feel and that's a problem. It might not go over too well, and it might not serve your child very well. But if it is a problem, I mean, hey, the sky's the limit. We can do, we can do whatever we want. I mean, you know, within reason. Like that's, that's the beauty of having free will. Like really, you can do whatever you want, and it either is okay with your with your spouse or it's not okay. But it's stuff that needs to get worked out. You know. Yeah, so. but I don't think having a never-ending battle about it, you know, if this is something that's going to, if you know this is something that's going to be something until dead, you know, are you going to spend your entire life being annoyed, upset, whatever about it, or are you just going to be like, this is what is, I'm going to focus on other things that bring me joy and not this. What would that be? I don't know. But this is one of the things. So also, like, you Stop trying to control the co-parenting situation. You know, it is what it is. And you should have known, you know, I guess, and that's hard. I feel like we say a lot, like, you should know before you get married. But here's the deal. Kids are young and they grow. And you don't know what they're going to grow into. You don't know how, if they're going to grow out of something or if they're not. So oftentimes, it's really unfair for us to even say that we should have known or you should know before you get married. You know, I mean, co-parenting situations evolve. Um, I mean, Eric certainly did. When I first was around, it was a a nightmare. And it was really, really toxic and really, really bad. It was for a long time. And now they're going to talk till they're dead. So (laughs) now it's like, but here's the deal, you guys. So even when things change and evolve or they don't, and you kind of just got to figure out, like, are you going to roll with it or are you going to fight against the grain forever 
Let us know, you guys. What are you going to do? So, Let anyway. us know right now and then come back to this podcast. In 10 years? In 10 years <laughs> and let us know what you actually oh are doing. So, okay, let go of trying to control all the interpersonal relationships in the home. You know, and I think that's something that both parents in the home feel a lot of pressure, right? They want all the kids to get along and everyone to get along. And I think there's there's a lot of micromanaging there. And while there is a lot of behind the scenes that you can do to encourage, encouraging good relationships is very different than pushing and forcing and micromanaging. And encouraging relationships isn't controlling them. It's just encouraging them and facilitating them. That's not control. Controlling is when you're forcing and you're micromanaging, you know, and that's that's unhealthy. So that's the difference there, and that's something that you definitely need to let control of in your blended family. Um, let go of trying to control and strong arm your blended family into that picture perfect picture or that into that picture perfect picture you have in your head. That'll just um, get exhausting. Like that is a battle that you're never going to win, yeah. and all it's going to do is make you miserable because you're failing all the time and then you're going to feel like a failure. Your blended family is going to feel like a failure. You're not going to love the family that you're with. You're not going to love yourself. It's just, it's going to turn into a total disaster. Yeah. Um, Let go, last one, let go of trying to control how your spouse parents their own kids or how they step parent yours. And I think that's a lot of where fights start in marriages and blended family you know, we're annoyed at how our spouse is parenting their own kids. They're doing it wrong. We wouldn't do it that way. We don't do it that way. Why are you being a moron? You know, and then on the flip side, like the, you know, why are you you not stepping up? Like, I want you to step up as a step parent. Why are you doing this? Like, you know, this isn't what I thought you were going to be. And what that happens is, is it just tears each other down, that critical, you know, instead of lifting each other up and encouraging and supporting and coming alongside and asking them, you know, acknowledging their struggle, you know, but you, when you criticize, it's like you're trying to shame them and control them and manipulate them. And that's a very dangerous thing to engage in, in a marriage in a blended family, you know, because parents want to be good parents. You know, and it's very hard to hear that you're parenting bad or making a wrong choice or you've, you know, let someone down. And so, um, and same with step parenting, you know, step parents don't want a hard relationship with their step kids. Step parents don't want, um, don't want a bad home situation. Step parents don't want fighting and don't want Step parents want love. <laughs> step parents want connection. Step parents want to feel, you know, included and part of it, not like an outsider, not like they're alone on the branch. And so I think we all want that acceptance and love. And so you need to let go of trying to c- control each other in each other's roles as step parent and parent. You know, and if you have a, a really concrete concern, so that, you know, I guess you need to speak your truth if you have a true concern, but I think a lot of things just you need to let roll off your back and just, again, accept that it is just the way it is. You know, they are the bio parent. You are the step parent. You are not going to make, be making choices about schools or about medical stuff or about sports even, whatever it is, you know, and so you have to rein yourself in and again, 
refocus on something that brings you joy. Like, don't spend your time engaged in so much negativity about things you have no power, no say, no control really over. You know, we try to control that which we can't. And then we under we wonder why we are unhappy right. and miserable because we can't. It's, it's unrealistic and it's unreasonable. Do you have anything to add to that list that I brought up? Mm, about you know things what? not to try to control? We can't control the five-star reviews that we get, but you guys can. So if you guys are listening to this and you guys haven't left a review on any of the sites that you guys listen to this, we would really appreciate it. It helps us out a ton, helps us get um, the podcast out to more people and get recommended with more people. And um, if you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say it at all. All right. (laughs) But uh, the other thing is, too, we're almost done on this semi-live podcast and we can keep going. But if you guys have anything to type into Julie right now, do it now because she is watching live and she will type right back to you. So much pressure. Okay. We do have two listener questions that we have to get to before we leave. Cool. So we're just going to power through these because I promised. Um, So a woman writes in and she says that she's um, in a, she's a fiance. Fiance? She's French. Yes. Okay. And they're cohabitating and they were supposed to get married during COVID, but they couldn't. Mm -hmm. So they actually ended up exchanging rings in their home. Um, but they're not married legally. Okay. Yeah. And so he has. But they've got like a commitment kind of thing. Going. They have to each other. This is cool. Okay. okay. I like it. So um, he has four kids. Three of them are 20 and 117. Okay. So young adults. Yeah. She says that his kids or his young adults have no boundaries. Mm-hmm. One of his daughters I call the daughter wife. It's like we can't make new life decisions without her input. She's constantly in every conversation. And when I'm talking to her dad, she gets offended about things I say that don't even pertain to her. It's getting worse. And I don't know how to express to my fiance that this is super unhealthy. She asked her dad if we were watching the budget because she was questioning why I had French yogurt in the fridge. Dang. (laughs) And she's 20 years old. Oh, yeah. You know what? At that point, it's like, know your role, shut your hole. <laughs> no, but really, I mean, so I'm and assuming. so she's really struggling. Like, she I'm assuming know. she's living in the house. I'm assuming so. I mean, if, if these kind of conversations, uh, anyone at 20 that's not living in the house most likely isn't going to have that much interest in what's actually going on inside of her dad's house, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but this daughter wife thing has come up actually a lot. Quite a few times. Yeah. There's actually a, a name for it, right? Uh, daughter wife. No, there's something else. You had like some weird. I know like, there is like doctor name for it. Yeah. Medical I don't name. remember now, but mm-hmm. yeah, this is a situation, you know? Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's, how should she, how should she approach this? Like she's having, she's rethinking I, I, being there. I get it because you, it's such an eggshell walk that you're walking on and you're like, you get that they have a close relationship, but you're also like, you don't want to start offending people. Like you're, you're gonna, you're gonna open your mouth about the situation and let out what, how you truly feel about it. And you're going to offend this daughter who you don't want to offend the daughter because that's going to affect your husband and that's going to affect the household. So you just kind of bite your tongue and you bury that under the rug and 
it's starting to pile up. I get it, you know? Yeah, like but she doesn't know how to approach her her husband because she, or fiancé because she right. says there's already no boundaries. Right. Like, he's already allowing you, this, this, is this the behavior. Thing, right. So here's the thing with bad parenting. When you allow, because this is It bad. might not even be bad parenting. It's just a place that's getting neglected. It's something that has just happened for so long that it, it it might not even be looked at as bad parent. He might be the greatest parent in the world, you know, from most people's point of view, but it's just something that is getting overlooked. Like, she's just going to have to bite the bullet, and she's going to have to have a closed-door conversation with her husband, fiancé, and, and tell her, tell him her feelings on this and point out some of the stuff. And it's going to be, it's one of those things that she's probably like, I wish I could have an intervention. I wish people would sit down and point this out to him without it having to be me. Absolutely. Because she's worried about the backlash of what's going to happen. And she's worried about offending people. She's worried about um, just the drama that it's going to create. She sounds like she's probably pretty even keel if this hasn't become. Well, I mean, can you imagine as a 20-year-old daughter? I've never been a 20-year-old daughter, no, <laughs> but, but I'm like, imagining. Let's, Here let's we go. let this play out. Let's let this play out. She mans she mans up. You know, she grows a pair, tells her fiance that this is a, a you know, this is a worrisome situation and she doesn't agree with it and she doesn't like it and she doesn't know if she can live with it. And let's say that the fiance eventually receives what she's saying and and it it soaks in and he's like okay what can I do about this now this daughter who's been allowed to have this behavior for 20 years of her life you know right how does that look like fiance dad is going to have to address this issue with the daughter and that's going to be like the kids can come between marriages and it doesn't matter how old they are. I think it gets worse the older the kids get, but I'm like trying to play this out in my head and I'm like this 20 year old daughter could make a life a living hell for this couple, even at 20, even if they don't live together, you know, she can hold her relationship with her dad over his head as long as this woman's in So you're just saying manipulation then. Well, I'm just saying, like, she's been allowed, she's been entitled to have this position in her dad's life forever. Yeah, it's going to be the dad that has to initially make the make the, make the right. the big change. But you as know? a parent, you address this with your daughter and you have to suffer the consequences. Do right. you resent then your wife? No, but I think a good parent, I think, you know, a good dad is going to be able to mitigate the situation. Now, he doesn't have to be like, you know, screw you, stop asking about the yogurt or why, how dare you ask me about my finances? It doesn't have to be such a harsh, abrasive cutoff, you know? He can simply, you know, just start squashing that situation by, um, you know, letting her know we're not going to discuss this or, um, you know, just taking kinder, kinder approaches at it you know when it's like why how come there's you know what was there was some special yogurt in the fridge you know when she's asking about it be like you know because that's what she prefers to eat you know um it doesn't have to be some some it doesn't have to be a big confrontation it doesn't at all it can be like situation by situation you tackle this little by little by 
downplaying or shutting down or, or each do, comment or do as what you go. I would do and make humor about it. You know, I don't know. You know, why is she eating that kind of yogurt? I don't know because it's cheaper than the G wagon that she prefer to be driving. You know what I mean? Like it, play it off as as kind of a joke and be like, because it's not that big of a deal. You yeah. know, it really isn't that big of a deal. You so, know, it's a five dollar cup of yogurt. You know, big deal. So this dad has to really be thoughtful about how he's going to handle this moving forward because this is where step-parents become scapegoats and everyone hates step-parent, right? Because now everyone blames step-parent for making, causing problems, you know, instead of, instead of the bio-parent or in this case the dad taking on a valid concern and handling it in a honoring way to his wife and it as a good parent, you know, um, and I think that that is where a lot gets lost in translation because I think it goes one of two ways. You know, I think it either turns the step parent into the wicked bitch of the East or it, t- it turns it into like, you know, you can work on it and mm-hmm. it protect your spouse right. a little bit. Yeah, but there's going to be a little bit of finessing and thought process that goes into it and that just depends on a lot of variables and and I think when she talks to her fiance about this because I think she has to nothing's gonna ever get better if you don't address the situation right things aren't people don't I I don't know of anyone who's had like a self-induced epiphany of their bad behavior without something happening whether there's like discovery in therapy or a friend lightly tells you something or you get into an accident or something usually happens And so, you know, she is going to have to address it. And I think she has to address it in a kind, gentle way um, and and let it say, you know, let it be about her, you know, instead of attacking him. It needs to be more like I've noticed this and it's alarming to me. I don't understand this behavior or this relationship and you know what I mean? Like make it more about her than like you're a bad parent and you know, your daughter's a POS and she's such That's an ungrateful, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like you, instead of being attacking, you have to really be on thoughtful about your words. Right. right. I feel like she's going to be thoughtful for her words. And then she needs to be like, let's figure this out together. You know, yeah. and it may not, he might be angry. Like, he might be defensive. It might take time for him to be able to. But at least to, he'll be aware at that point. But it might take time for him for to sure. be able to finish this conversation. For sure. Or to be able to, you know, so if you are listening and you bring this up to him and he shuts it down or doesn't want to talk about it, it could just be he's so overwhelmed that he can't have a conversation. Like, he's got well, he to go. a lot to think about because this is the way life has been for the last 20 years. Yeah. And so it's okay if he needs to come back around to it. But when he does, when he's ready to talk about it and, and take ownership or, or figure out what to do moving forward, you know, make yourself part of the solution. Don't put it all on his shoulders. You know, if you're going to be married, you're going to be a team. So ask him how you can support, you know, him moving forward and his daughter. You know, what, what can you do how can you behave? You know, what boundaries can we create? Like you need to have a, you need to have a, a, you need to have the thought process of like, oh, we, 
as you are problem like solving. Nintendo? Well, you have to be like, how are we going to do this? Okay. Not how am I going to do this? How are you going to do this? But like, what boundaries are we going to have? What are our house rules going to be? You know, and when is that is your, that's the way you speak about things is with we, with us, with our, you know, then it will be become, you have to like mentally psych yourself out to be a team because when you're entering like a blended kids. family, when you're entering in a blended family, you know, you are very separate. You are his and hers. You are two lives, two established lives often becoming one. And you have that, um, I can't think of the, the word, but the verbiage in your head is very like singular, mine, me. And, you know, it's, it's helpful. And it's up to, to us to change that. I mean, we have been on that for years and we still are stuck on that. We tried to work on it, but they still are my kids and your kids. So it's really, it's up to us. Like at the end of the day, it's up to us to work on that as a team and create a hours environment. Yeah. And if you, t- if you speak it, you'll believe it. You know, you have to feed your brain that and then it'll become second nature and then it will just be like, oh, they're, you know, it's ours. It's we, you know. So there is there is wisdom in that. Okay, we're moving on. I hope that was at least helpful. This one's going to be a little bit longer to read, so bear with me. Listener writes in and says, I'm currently dating somebody who has a four-year-old daughter. I always swore I would never date someone with kids because I knew it would have its complications, but here we are. We've been together almost two years now, and back in my and back in May, the bio mom decided she didn't want me around the child anymore because she didn't like how any how involved I was with throwing a birthday party. Too bad for bio mom. Um, she constantly throws it in my face that I am not the stepmom because my significant other and I aren't married, but plan to one day. Flash forward a few months since May. And things haven't gotten any better. My boyfriend has has to constantly worry that if he lets me come over on the weekends, he has his daughter, that it'll just rock that boat with the bio mom. He wants to take her to court. So he's letting like fear of backlash control him. Right. He wants to take her to court and is trying to save the money to do so. I wanted to talk about your resentment topic. She listened to a different podcast. Mm -hmm. She said, I wanted to talk about your resentment topic because I feel like this is happening in our relationship. I feel like I'm growing some sort of resentment in a way towards his daughter because we recently found out she isn't biologically his. This was big news to everyone. The bio mom claims to have never known she was pregnant in the first place so we aren't sure if she knows that he isn't the bio dad or not. Anyway. Wait, so they know, but the bio mom might not know? That's what it sounds like Ooh. here. Okay. So here. So, okay. okay, keep you going. Sorry. Finish? No, no, we're going to go back to that though. Okay. Anyway, when we found this out, I feel like it made me look at her differently. The daughter. Right. I don't know what to do. I love her and she is a great kid, but I questioned being in a relationship with somebody who had a kid in the first place. And now we're going to be together with a kid that technically isn't either of ours. How do I get over this and not let it bug me? Also, 
How do I explain to him the way I feel without him assuming I'm just trying to get rid of her? When it comes to the bio mom, do you have any advice in that situation? She isn't willing to compromise or budge on anything and it causes a lot of problems in our relationship because he feels like he has no life and is constantly stuck in the middle. This is a hard set. Like we you have just to break down so you much just here. threw some Jerry Springer shit into that. <laughs> like uh, this is like whoa. Um, for we can't. I mean, we can't give legal advice because we are not legal professionals at any way, mean, shape, or form. So take this all with a grain of salt. Um, if bio mom knows or doesn't want what who who should be bio dad but i guess now isn't she can use bio daughter as a pawn to never see dad again and i've dealt with this situation before um you know going through divorce at the beginning and it was one of those things where it's like, well, you're not doing things the way I want you to, and I don't like who you're around or what you're doing. Well, let's, so I'm- let's back up if she doesn't listen to all of our episodes. So Eric, Eric's 18-year-old daughter, who just turned 18, isn't biologically his. Right. So, But I knew it. <laughs> but yes. No, he married her mom when she was how old? Um, we were together since she was two. I've raised her since she was two. She's been in my life 16 years. Um, I've been dad to her. I've raised her. I've treated her just like my own child. Love her. I mean, I, it's, I forget that she's not my biological child. She's been in my life so long and I've loved her that same way. Um, but at any point in time, her mom up until today could say, well, I don't want you to see her anymore. And it has happened and she will take her away. And then I don't get to see her for months on end or in your situation, could be never again or until she turns 18. So you do, in a sense, have to be very careful about what you do and what you say. On that note, don't let bio mom control what you do or what you say or if you're around and when you're around. And don't let that manipulate when you're going to get married, if you're going to get married, and let that dictate how your relationship's going to go because it's not up to bio mom. It, ha- it has nothing to do with her. Your relationship with him has nothing to do with her, whether she likes it or not. It's not her choice. It's not her decision, whether she likes you around. And let's just say, um, going off of this, let's say daughter is biologically his. Biological mom has no say unless there is something terribly wrong with you. You're violent. You have issues that are messing up the kid in it, they're far and few between. But even then, you have to prove it. That's you what I'm saying. You can't just it, say that this person's violent. There has to be, like, arrests and documentation. Like, to get someone and, proven to be unfit it, is, like, unreal. At it, least in California. Maybe right. other states it would are different. Be, it would be an insane situation. But my point to this is, mom, bio mom can't dictate your relationship, so stop letting her. You know, yes, you have these things in your head because you never wanted to date someone with a child and it complicates things. And yes, it does. You're right about all that. It does complicate things, but don't let it complicate things by caring what bio mom thinks. Love that little daughter. You know, you have already said that you care about her. Dad cares about her. She has a special place in your heart. And hang on that. Don't let 
mom dictate how you feel about this. Don't let DNA dictate how you feel about this child. Yeah, but I don't even think it's about how she feels. I mean, she feels resentful. Right. So, I mean, that's, again, something you're, if you're going to stick this out, you have to let it go. You do. You just have to. Like, you you have to let it go. But I think that, um, and that's just a conscious effort. Like, when we talk about, and we were talking about earlier about acceptance and letting go of control, you know, how do you do that? Well, you don't pontificate on it. You don't sit there and think about how all the horrible things you got to flip your script in your head. You got to just, you have to tell yourself in your head that you're just going to accept it. You know, mind, the mind is a powerful thing and you can talk yourself in and out of anything. So you have to do that work yourself if you are going to stick it out. Being resentful the whole time isn't going to be good for anyone and not healthy. But I think that the thing is, it's not even up to her. Like, I mean, if, I if know bio if, dad, well, not bio dad. If I, I want to know if she's listening to this. If you're listening to this right now or you hear this, um, write into us. How do you know that... Uh, He's not bio dad. How did you guys figure this out? How do you guys know this? And mom doesn't know this. I'd like to know the rest of the situation. And if it's okay, I'd like to let the listeners know kind of what we're asking you right now. I'm, I'm, I'm really curious about this. Like, how do you have a child in your house and all of a sudden you guys know that it's not a biologically his Well, I'm assuming child. there was a paternity test that they probably did But how did does mom not end? know this? Because if mom knows this, then... She has all the power in the world, and that's kind of a scary place to be in, and I I get that. That is true. So, I mean, if, and she will be able to dangle kid and control kid. And manipulate the situation. And that might be, that would be a very tall order for you to stick around and take. Or for both of you. I mean, she could make literally, you guys have to choose, do we want to love this little girl? And And how far can we love her, you know? I mean, we can't. But that's not even up to her. Because this is up. They're not married. Right. They're boyfriend, girlfriend. They're not living together. They're just dating. Right. So here's the deal. Like, it's not even up to you. You, He's got to decide if he wants this little girl in his life or not. That's his choice. You know, that's not even a decision that you have a right to be in on right now. I'm sorry. You need to let him. You need to let him figure that out. You need to give him the space to figure out what he wants for his life. If he wants this little girl in his life and be the dad role, then there will be consequences for that choice. And that might be something you can hang with. That might be something you don't really want for the rest of your life because the consequences don't outweigh the fact that she's a good girl. Yeah. Um, it's like a bad movie right here. Like that's but, like it's such a hard place. This is one of those nightmares that you wake up from like – I can't believe I just dreamt that, you know, like that's, yeah. I, f- I feel for you. I feel, I feel for him. Yeah. I really feel for him. I feel but for that little girl. Like that's like, what a horrible place to be in. Like all of a sudden her daddy might not be her daddy. And, um, you know, like just the, I know, the repercussions that can, that can come from that. Like it can, it really like all of this, if, if the situation is the way that it is laid out right now, all the power lies in biological mom's hands. And that's such a shitty thing if mom mm-hmm. is a shitty mom. Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, or yep, or just you. not a good person to begin with. You yeah, know, that's, you'll have uh, no legal rights. But neither you will he. have no legal rights. Um, 
And, you know, it doesn't feel good, too. I know that as a girlfriend, we want to be front and center, to not to the kid or, the, you know, we want to be important and chosen by our boyfriend, by our significant other. And it's hard when you're pushed aside or passed over um, for any reason, never mind when it is because of an ex. It's, it's a really maddening place to exist in. Um, and so I think that you need to really understand that how this is laid out right now may never change. If he's allowing for whatever reason, good, bad, he's right, he's wrong, for whatever reason, if he's allowing the ex to control how he behaves in his dating life, you know, what, if he, if you can come over or not, how he treats you, you know, if that's all a result of X, um, what do you, I mean, that's, it's he's allowing it, like, right. you know, he's got to come to terms with that. And I would be honest with him about how that makes you feel. So how you bring this up to him is, you know, it really feels shitty to not be able to come over it hurts my feelings that I can't see you. Um, I would, st- I would again put it on you. Like, how do you? Well, feel? and also acknowledge the reason. Acknowledge that you understand why it is this way, but try to come up with a solution. How we can resolve this? How can we make it all right that I'm there? You know, how can we be a team and not let her actions control us? You know, now. You know, again, going back to the situation, I am kind of my mind's kind of blown on this. But now, he's not biological mom, and you're not biological mother. So maybe you go at this as you know what? Let's be a team. Let's figure this out together. If he's willing, I don't even yeah. know if he's willing. Like I think you need to let. He's got some figuring out to do. It sounds like because I don't know if he'll even allow you to be a team. I'm grabbing the button. (laughs) So you guys, we got to go. We're about to lose camera power. You guys, if you have more advice on this or you have uh, just ideas or you want to chat with us about anything, please let us know. If you're new here on YouTube, uh, subscribe, hit that bell, um, you know, hit the thumbs up. We love sharing our blended family life with you guys and story with you guys. Connect with us on all the social media and we look forward to seeing you guys next time. Bye. Bye, you guys.